Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support. As they travel through a depression, it will actually become a more powerful tool for the Lord. And so if you're listening and you're depressed, I mean... I'm a therapist now, so I think God can, yeah, use, you're right. God can use anyone. That is Janita Pace talking about some very dark times that she went through in her life, suffering during periods of deep depression and suicide attempts. Janita is now a therapist and the wife of Pastor Tim Pace, and today is part two of a conversation with Pastor Paul Johnson of Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. The name of this program is life support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. All we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. The program is life support, finding hope through suffering and trauma. And now, more of the conversation from last time between Pastor Paul and Tim and Janita Pace. Tim and Janita Pace are our guests on life support. Tim is the local pastor. Janita is a licensed therapist. They're telling us their story, a difficult story, but one that will result in a lot of hope and and healing. And so now you're in the hospital. Mm -hmm. You've undergone a suicide attempt. Tim Mm -hmm. has got you there. You fought him all the way, but (laughs) he did what he needed to do. So what happens next? Well, I, for those that have been in the hospital, I'm sure they can relate to this, that you lose your freedom. You lose, um, you're, you're isolated from your family because they, they want to see if your family is part of the system problem that you're facing. So you're very isolated. And they allowed me to have my Bible. And so I, you know, you have those moments as a Christian where you just flip through the Bible. You don't even know where to start. You don't know what to read. And I stumbled on Psalm 121. And if you've read it, it begins with, um, I look to the hills, where does my help come from? It's the psalmist feeling that you know, you're looking up for hope. And it talks about, it's a psalm that talks about how um, God watches over us. And he even watches over us when we sleep. He doesn't, it says God doesn't sleep or slumber. And I couldn't sleep that first night. So the idea that God was standing guard over me and wasn't leaving me was pure comfort. And so I read that psalm every day every 15 minutes on the hour every hour and I just clung to it and I held on to that and um so I was in the hospital for a week and when I got out um I was really blessed that I I was going the college we went to was Columbia International University and the staff there was um the professors were amazing and one of them in particular Steve Bradley reached out to me and when I got home, I was listening to my messages, and he had left me this message that said, Janita, I, I don't know if you're going to get this or when you're going to get this, but I woke up last night, I couldn't sleep, and I have this psalm on my mind. And he started reading Psalm 121. And I just started weeping because it was like God was reminding me, I haven't left you. And I needed that, you know, because at that moment I felt very alone. And Steve said, I want you to meet my wife. And I thought, that's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> I didn't want to meet or see anyone. Somebody I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even want to see people I knew. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, a lot of there was a lot of people who had questions that were 
um, more for um, informational questions like what's it like in a psychiatric hospital and I I just wanted to be isolated and alone again out of shame and but he insisted that I meet her because Pat had been through depression and Pat um, came over and was just a breath of fresh air this woman was so loving and she would call me every day and if I wasn't out of bed, then she would come over and get in bed with me and say, Janita, it's, we can do this step by step and we can do it together. And she would just kind of every day model that continual support, just love, unconditional She was love. not trying to fix you Mm-mm. and didn't try to explain it away. She just right. came alongside of you. She, and that's what you really needed at that moment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, where other Christians were trying to get me books and um, throw theology at me. Um, She just was super um, loving and accepting. And I think one thing people may not understand is if you're in depression, um, your cognitive skills can be compromised. So I wasn't even able to read. I mean, I was struggling to read the Bible, much less a book about depression. Um, And so she was just this force of love. And she would tell me, um, you know, people would would use those expressions, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And she would say, that is ridiculous because when you're depressed, you have no bootstraps. There's nothing to pull. She would tell me that over and over um, as a reminder that I didn't need to be ashamed that I needed help. Did you wonder, as I've wondered many times, if people want you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, not because they necessarily want you to get Mm -hmm. well, but they want their friend back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or they want their pastor back. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they want you to go back to the way you were. And then there's this tension because you know you never will mm-hmm. go back to the way you were. Right. And that can be isolating in itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, there, there is this emphasis on what was, like like you said. And and uh, and it's kind of like we we liked you that way we liked that version mm-hmm. of you and this one we don't know what to do with <laughs> right yeah. you know mm-hmm. this one's uh way different yeah and you know pat uh, uh to janita and to me like over and over she would just say you know what i am not going anywhere mm-hmm. and uh no matter how long it takes i'm here and and uh, and it isn't even that those words are magic, but but in her eyes, you could tell it, she meant it. Like we knew she wasn't going anywhere. If you could get behind her, her brain or in her brain, what what? how did she rise to that occasion? I mean, how did she know what to do when so many others had no idea what to do? Well, she actually had gone through depression on the mission field. And so she, it was... It's that concept in the Bible that's so powerful that we have the ability to comfort those um, with the with the experience that we've we've had. You know, I think that's what makes Jesus such a powerful God is that He has experienced. I mean, He had anxiety in the garden before He died. I mean, He understands depression and anxiety. So it's lovely when you talk to someone who's been there because you don't have to use words. Yeah, they know. I know. Mm-hmm. And that's why you let her in. Yes. Because you knew that she knew. Mm-hmm. Right. So her credibility with you was there already. Right. You have all of this going on. And right now, if we left your story the way it was, it would seem very dark and dire. Yes. And hopeless. Yeah. How did you crawl out of this place? What happened? Well, it's, you know, it 
Pat began mentoring me, and she, like I said, she would come over every day if I didn't get out of bed, and then she would just continue to love on me. And um, and then one day, it was not too long after we began this mentorship that um, I got a phone call from Tim saying that Pat had any aneurysm and died suddenly. And I was just broken. I mean, here was my person. And how long was this into your relationship with her that she passed away? I think about a month and a half. That's all. Mm-hmm. 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 She short. had that kind of impact oh, in yeah. your life in that short of time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Never, never will we forget Pat. <laughs> never. Pat is a person that we could all have. And uh, that's what we hope for in Christian community. Mm-hmm. And that's why sure. when we don't have a Pat and people tend to disappoint us, it's easy to go to the dark side and get cynical and angry and... Yeah, I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? So our mailbox was down the road, so I thought, okay, I'm going to go for a walk. So I put my shoes on, I got the dog, I walked down to the mailbox, and I opened my mailbox, and there was a card from Pat. She'd mailed it the day she died. And in it, she wrote, Janita, and she was so feisty, Janita Pace, (laughs) she wrote my full name, Janita Pace, I don't want you to forget this, so I'm going to write it down, God is going to use this, and you're going to see and oh my gosh, it was like a card from the other side. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's obviously part of God just reaching into your life and mm-hmm. saying, I'm still here. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we decided to move to Minnesota where my family was. In order well, that to was support. kind of a catalyst, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, our one support person that, that, that we really were, were, were clinging to, to Pat, who was clinging to, to Jesus for us, really, was mm-hmm. the, the way that that worked and and when she was gone uh we we just uh it, it was it was it uh we we thought we we have to have we have to have more help we we know that that they that it it is possible to have help from other people right. that is tremendously uh beneficial and we started to see uh we started to visit some christian counselors mm-hmm. and one of those counselors i don't even remember her name uh suggested that that we we moved back to where Janita's family lived because she they will recognize uh, you know the, they'll just treat her the way she always has been they and 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 help her remember that and it was one of those things that for me like I just felt like the Holy Spirit really spoke in the moment and was like that's it that's the advice that's what I want you to do and and it was. Uh, Less than a month later, we had moved mm-hmm. to Minnesota. And so how did that go, moving back here with family? You know, it was it was falling into the arms of people who, okay, so my family, no one in our immediate family had depression. So, um, so yes, you, you know, you might have a loved one who's struggling. That doesn't mean you can't minister to them. My, my family went on a mission to interview counselors and to get information on what would help. Um, and then what was so refreshing is that they knew me. For those for those that are depressed, when you're in a depression, that's not you. Mm-hmm. That that's not who you are. It's an experience you're having, and so to be around people that knew me, like they knew Janita Pace, and they knew what they were seeing right now wasn't me, but also that they were comfortable sitting with the Janita Pace that was depressed. Um, you need people who are not scared. They're patient and they're not intimidated to be with you when you're broken. And that's what I found. Well, they're scared probably, but they're not scared away. Yes, not scared away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a very good yeah, way a good to phrase twist. it. Scared yeah. but not scared away. Mm-hmm. 
and and it was so it was so great for me it, it, in that to 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 know that uh, no matter what time it is, I have somebody I can call. They're they're their family. They are not going anywhere. They're gonna uh, and and they just they reminded us of those same things that we're, we're here. This this uh, may be a really long haul, but but we're here. We're not going anywhere, and and uh, that was really restful to to mm-hmm. to know that that I I could uh, rely on somebody. Yeah, and I think that was important too for Tim as the caregiver. I I feel like for those caregivers listening, you can't do this alone. Um, you think of when you go to lift a really heavy object. The more people that you have helping, the 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 quicker and and the more support you have, the easier it is. And so finding that we didn't need just a pat, we needed a network, people that could tag team and take a turn. Um, I think that was vital for Tim's mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tim and Janita Pace, we're talking to right now on life support, hearing their amazing story uh, of depression turned to hope. And we're so glad to have you. By the way, if you are listening right now and this is conjuring up thoughts in your own mind or you've been struggling with thoughts of suicide, there is a great place to turn. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. If you're struggling at all, please call Confidential, and it's not shameful to reach out and mm-hmm. get help. Do not let it go any further, Right. for sure. Um, so here you are with family who are not trying to fix you. Now they're just mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm which is so hard to do when someone is struggling. Yes. You want to fix them, especially we as guys, right? We want to reach <laughs> over and we want to make everything better. Mm-hmm. But the thing that for caregivers and friends is you can't. No, yeah. you can't. You can't fix the problem. What you can do, though, is you can provide stability and hope. And mm-hmm. that's what you were getting from your family. Yes, yes, yes. And they, my, my mother actually um, helped locate an outpatient group. That was wonderful. And as I began outpatient, I told my therapist one day, I think I want to be a counselor. <laughs> and he said, oh, that's, that's ambitious of you. <laughs> you know? yeah, right. I don't know if that's your line of work. I think he said it was manic. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, you're going through a manic phase, you know. <laughs> but he, no, he just, he, um, you know, he just didn't feel maybe that was my calling. But I really started thinking about the people that God uses um, in the Bible, and they are just the unlikely characters. You know, you have um, Esther, who's an orphan, and you have David, who is the youngest, um, not in set up to be a king. And even you have Jesus, who's a carpenter. Um, I think these characters model the fact that they come from the most unlikely places, and they carry with them life experience that empowers them. And so it just actually more solidified in me that um, gosh, maybe this is what Pat was seeing that I was just catching on to. And so you didn't listen to the advice of that therapist. You you barged <laughs> yeah. ahead. Yes. And you went for it. I did. And I applied the counseling program I applied to. I was very honest. I explained my history and where I was now. And I thought, well, if I'm not meant to do this, then they'll close the door. And they didn't. They they um, they didn't have many spots open, so it was very competitive, and I was very grateful to get in. 
So now you've gone from being uh, this very broken person, not knowing where to turn, mm -hmm. and now people are coming to you mm -hmm. for help. Yes. And when someone's sitting across from you that you're relating to their story, mm -hmm. similar story maybe, or maybe trauma in a different way. Right. How do you as a therapist help them? Because they actually are coming to you to mm -hmm. help get fixed. So how do you put these different... <laughs> these different tools that you've learned into play in that kind of a setting? Well, obviously there's all the therapeutic training, but on top of that, and in addition to that, is that Pat modeled um, tenacity to let the person know that you're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, they don't have to worry about breaking you in their brokenness. Um, and that unconditional listening, unconditional acceptance, um, and then the Bible used correctly is very soothing. You know, we, we talk about the Bible being a sword, um, and swords can hurt people. Yeah. So the Bible misused can do a lot of damage. But the Bible used correctly um, can be the most soothing place to find rest. And so um, using different parts of the Bible that remind people that um, in their suffering, as they travel through a depression, it will actually become a more powerful tool for the Lord. And so if you're listening and you're depressed, I mean... I'm a therapist now, so I think God can, yeah, use, yeah, right. God can use anyone, you know, as they go. Well, and not just anyone. He especially took you and all of this uh, fabric that your mm -hmm. life is and woven together so that you could be exactly who you are right now. And without those experiences, you wouldn't have that to offer. Yeah. And that's quite an amazing thing about God Yeah, is through all the darkness, he's weaving something together. More of the conversation with Pastor Tim Pace and his wife Janita coming up. The audio version of these programs can be found on the homepage of MyFaithRadio.com and accessed on the app through your Android or iOS device. Life Support is a co-production of Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota and Five Stone Media. Here is Five Stone Media's Executive Director, Steve Johnson. Veronica, thank you. The mission of Five Stone Media is using story to bring hope and healing for those in need of change. We are videotaping these programs, and the video version of Life Support is found on the Facebook page of Five Stone Media and also on our website at fivestonemedia.com. And now let's get back to the conversation with Pastor Paul and his guest talking about a friend of Janita's named Pat who came alongside her for support during Janita's darkest time. But people like Pat are part of that process mm -hmm. in bringing you to where you are right now, which is, which is quite amazing, really, when you think about it. You know, when, when people are, are listening to this and thinking through their own lives and they're thinking about people right now, I'm sure, that um, are going through this, their own friends, or maybe they've been struggling with depression, the number one thing that comes to mind really is there's something wrong spiritually mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. And sometimes there is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt. There's a spiritual equation. There's spiritual warfare right. that's going on. I think as a pastor's wife, you were prime, mm -hmm. prime target for yeah. spiritual warfare, mm -hmm. but not always. Mm -hmm. And so how would you refute that first lie that comes to mind that there's something wrong with me? I'm not good enough. I can't tell anyone. Mm. How how would you tell them immediately, no, don't go there? What what would you say? This is going to sound like a weird analogy, but um, I was watching National Geographic one night, and it was showing the predators how they 
the the show was was talking about how the predators if they can get one of one of the prey alone and sidetracked and they can pick off one that looks weak then that's what they go for and so i i would want to tell the person that keep in the pack like we we want you because we want to help mm-hmm. protect you um we want to come around you and keep you safe um and i would tell them and this is something that tim and pat would tell me is that um this isn't this isn't you this is something you're experiencing and so um trust trust us as safe people that we will we will love you and we will we will carry that hope for you because i think part of it was i felt guilty that i didn't trust god and so to have pat and tim say we we will trust god for you like just let us love you and take care of you um that took some pressure off me because i think i felt like if i didn't get things spiritually organized in an equation that made sense to me then i was a bad person and if you're depressed the equation may not look right for a while and so um fall into jesus's arms because he's not he can take it yeah and and the other piece is um I it changed my view of God. I used to think of God as up, you know, up higher than me, and I was praying to a God that was very removed. But it was a revelation when I realized that the Holy Spirit resides in us, so He experiences the pain with us. So we're not praying to a God who is watching without an experience. Yeah. And so yeah. God is not afraid to sting with you, but He's also experiencing the pain with you. I often think of Jesus as he was being crucified. We have this, um, you know, famous views of him being up on this big mountain, far removed from the passing crowd, but more likely near the near the path mm-hmm. where people could spit on him and touch him. And he went through all the different kinds of abuse: yeah. sexual abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, right. all of it. Um, the father grieved for his son. There's mm-hmm. all of these emotions that. The Bible tells us now that Jesus is our high priest and he's, mm-hmm. he has these things in common. He can understand these things. And, and Tim, as pastors, we have all of these people in our congregations that are, mm-hmm. that are in trauma. And I think he really landed on the number one issue, at least for me, um, when Taylor was killed was just outright vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So raw. Yeah. Um, how would you counsel other pastors to move into the life of someone in their congregation who was in trauma and came to them for help? You know, first and foremost, the assurance that you're not going to stop loving them is, is just vital. That, that's something that, that I listen for when, when, uh, when I'm going through almost anything. And, and I know the value of, of community. I know the value of going uh, arm in arm with other people through something that uh, I listen for for people who are I'm not going anywhere I I love you no matter what like this is you know this is uh, uh, this is going to be a together thing and not an alone thing so you and, just tell them that straight out uh, right uh, that, but don't say it if you don't mean it don't say it mm-hmm. if you don't mean it mm-hmm. yeah. at all and then uh, and then I and then I look for ways that they that they mean it, and I think that we can show as pastors, but it, but even beyond that, just as 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 friends, as as fellow believers, we there, there are ways that we can uh, uh, we can let people know how much uh, how much we care beyond just saying I really care for you or I'm going to pray for you, but we can pray for people uh, in the moment. 
even even in a in a text message i know like uh it's it's so easy to say okay uh uh thank you for telling me that i'm i'm praying for you brother i'm praying for you sister but to say uh you know what i i hear you i'm so glad that you that you reached out that you trusted me with this information like i i'm praying this for you right now and typing the uh even the the words of that prayer because i think even to pat's uh letter that we got from her uh after she had passed away, that the the words that she was praying, even in the letter, were words mm-hmm. that we went went back to and back to, and then and then the the hope that is uh, that we know as pastors, uh, the ultimate hope is in Christ, and and the 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 passage that I go back to over and over again from the time that this started till now is is Second Corinthians one, and I read through that, and and Paul's recounting this uh, how he. Uh, they had gone through uh, horrible, horrible trials, and and they 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 felt like even that they were at the brink of death, and 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 yet God comforted them because He is the God of all comfort, and He didn't just uh, comfort them so that that it would be for them alone, but so that they could comfort others in the future with the comfort that they had already received from God, and it's this constant pointing back to the real hope, which is. Uh, which is Christ, and and I think to be able to see that that there is purpose for what you're going through, and you may not see it, but that real that reassurance that that there is purpose, uh, God uh, is is going to use you, and God uses broken people like me, broken people like you, all the time, and He uh, and He's lifted up. Thank you to Tim and Janita Pace for sharing their story on life support. For a video version of this program, log on to the Five Stone Media Facebook page or fivestonemedia.com. And the audio podcast is found on the homepage of myfaithradio.com. This program is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota.